Hello there. It's the end of the year 2019. It's just gone by, just like that. What happened to you? What was your story? This is Ebere. Welcome to Talk with Ebere. Well, yes, I know everyone's taking stock. Everyone's looking at what they've done, weighing themselves, judging themselves, trying to match their goals, asking questions. Some people are rejoicing. Some are sad. Some are confused. Some are blank. End of the year is that time when people become so reflective. They're thinking, oh my God, I could have done so much better. They look at the goals they set at the beginning of the year and thinking, why couldn't I have done that? Why couldn't I have achieved this? You're also probably looking at people on the internet, maybe on social media, and thinking, oh my God, he or she did A, B, C, D. I could have done that better or just as well. Why didn't I? And you're feeling bad. Or maybe you're just overestimating yourself and thinking, I've done so well. Wow, kudos to me. Let's jump into the next year. Now, all of that is important. But what is more important, or perhaps the most important, especially if you're a Christian, is what is your foundation? Whose goals did you set? Or the goals you set were based on what exactly? And how did you judge your success? As far as I know, the indices for success for a true believer is entirely, entirely based on the integrity of your work with God. Now, to what extent did your goals glorify Him, supposing you achieved them? To what extent did the things you didn't even achieve, how was He involved in them? You see how you have to have the right foundation to to even set your goals and to judge your goals or to plan your goals for the next year. Now, to make this uh, insight I want to share today very, very clear, I'm going to use the analogy of a writer because I am a writer and I believe in the power of stories. So, I've called this podcast, What is Your Story? What is your story? Now, the biggest story for me has been story of salvation by the greatest writer there is how God wrote the story up to this day of each and every one of our lives and how he has offered us salvation that's the biggest story that was ever told with all the elements involved the plot will thicken the plot will get complicated it will get simplified there will be action suspense, sorrow, tears joy, all the elements of a fantastic story and we believe the story. Now, what is your story? Before we go into what your story is or should be, who writes your story for you? Who wrote your story for 2019? Who's going to write your story for 2020? Is it the world? <laughs> Think about it. Is it society? Is it your friends? The people you want to be like? They tell your story and based on what you see them do, you write your story. Because the truth is, by default, you are the writer of your story. You're the author of your story. And the story unfolds 
whether you like it or not, whether you are aware of it or not, the story unfolds based on the choices you make, the people you relate with, and all that you do in between. That forms the basis of your story. Now, to put it in context, the ideal would be this for a Christian, for someone who believes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You already have your outline, so you're the author. The outline is the word of God. What he says you can be, what he says you should do, where he says you will go. Now that gives you the framework of your book, of your story. And in between, you fill in the blanks, you build the plot, you develop the characters. Of course, you are the main character. So you have the pen in your hands to write your story. And your story is based on the choices that you make. The word choices is perhaps the biggest word for me. Because it it just evokes all manner of emotion. Choice. I made a choice to embrace Jesus. I made a choice not to do A, B, C, D. I made a choice to live intentionally. So based on choices you make, your story unfolds. Now let's reverse that a bit. You can make stories or you can write your story and make a choice to live it out because you already have the framework, which is the word of God. What do you think? All right, just ignore my sniffing. Um, must be the weather or something. Right. So in your story, you can decide to make your story a positive one. Remember, you have all the affirmations from the word of God. I can do all things through Christ Jesus, who is my strength. Then why would you give up along the line in your story? Did you write that? If there's one thing you're going to have to change in the new year, and the one thing you must imbibe all of your life, even looking back at 2019, is your mindset. What do you believe? What do you believe? Now, it's important to believe your story. Believe your story. Let it be unshakable. Everything in life has some sort of roadmap or a manual, if you like. Now, that's not to say there will be ups and downs. There will be. There will be. That's the trick. It's how do you handle those ups and downs? How do you respond to them? Do you turn into an emotional wreck because one thing in your story has, has shifted? It's important to focus on the story. Now let's write it. Let's write it. Assuming 2019 has just gone by, we rejoice in the stories. Whether you wrote your story deliberately or you wrote your story by default, a story about you was written in 2019 and you were the main character. Now I want you to ask yourself, how many times was I influenced by my peers in a negative manner? At those times, was was I in control of my story? Did I write that I was going to perhaps get drunk and wasted? I didn't write it. Then how come I ended up doing that? Now, that's how to look at yourself in a non-emotional, intentional manner. Obviously, you're going to rewrite that story come 2020 because you've learned from that mistake that you're not going to repeat that. So in other words, you're going to write that I will not have anything to do with the people that caused me to do A, B, C, D. So you make a choice and that forms part of your story chapter one the things i'm going to do all right chapter one could be what are my giftings you could say 
using my giftings. Knowing fully well that the framework of your story is the word of God who has said he has given you abilities. In fact, he has given you, he has made you a partaker of his divine nature. That means you can create, you can be like God, you can use his word, you can believe his word and do great things. So chapter one, fill in the gap. Remember, choices. So you choose to identify your gifts and talents. And you choose to use them for the furtherance of the kingdom. And you choose to use them to bless humanity. Now that forms the outline within the outline of chapter one. Now you begin to enumerate those things. I'm a gifted writer. What will I do with it in 2020? That's my story. Now I can write a book that will reach all continents of the world. And I begin to make choices. I begin to make choices, right? That would lead me in that direction. Yes, because you see how the way the goal came from? You see how I arrived at that choice I made? Now I'm going to do everything I can to achieve that particular goal. Because this goal aligns with the word of God. It's a very positive goal and indeed it is achievable. That's when you embrace things, elements of, of innovation, the internet, technology. So you said all things can work together for your good, depending on your approach and your perspective and how you intend to deploy the things at your disposal. Right. So some of the story you have to write, you have to develop yourself. You've got to grow. So chapter two is in development. I want to grow, to do the things to maximize my potential. I make a choice to do that. Therefore, I'm going to drop some things and embrace some things in the coming year. All the while believing, believing, having an unshakable belief belief that these things are possible. Great. So some things I think in your story that should be part of the chapters and the plot of your story is the things that you want to ditch. The things that you want to ditch. The first thing you need to teach is making excuses. Making excuses. All of us make excuses. We always make excuses that even sound logical. They sound perfectly believable. Including myself. When you're scared, when fear comes at you, at the power and the size of your dream, or when you're face to face with possibilities that you, you don't even think that you can meet, or where your potential seems to overwhelm you, you begin to make logical excuses. And you justify those excuses, you rationalize them, the people around you begin to believe it. But you know, deep down you know, that you're making excuses. <laughs> that you're just delaying the thing that you know you can do. So we're going to ditch excuses. Yes. Ditch excuses. Don't hide behind those smart sayings. It's not time yet. I'm still incubating. I'm limiting this for now. Only close friends will know about it. I don't want to overexpose myself. It's not the will of God for me. Well, yes, that's debatable. But sometimes we use it as a crutch, as an excuse, not to manifest our potential. So next year, 2020, confront it. Drop those excuses. Drop those. There's nothing 
shall be impossible to you if you believe. And if your mind can conceive these things, who are you not to manifest it? Remember the gift is not for you. If you understand and recognize that you're here for the purpose of God, not for you, not for your exaltation, not for your influence and affluence on social media, not for people to hail you and call you coach. The gifts that God has given to you are supposed to be made manifest such that when humanity hears it, they'll be drawn closer to him and his name be glorified. And you have in your own part contributed to the furtherance of the kingdom. So like I said, we're going to ditch excuses. We're tired of excuses. We've heard them enough. And remember, you can fool everybody else, but you can't fool yourself. Your spirit, the spirit of Christ in you, which is merged with your spirit, has absolute clarity. Absolute clarity. So it knows when you're lying to it. Your mind can play tricks on you. Your mind will even go ahead to deceive your closest friend or spouse or partner. But it won't deceive you. Because you know, your spirit knows that you're just making excuses. Now the next thing I think we should ditch is um, self-pity. Mm, that's such a comforting emotion. Even when it's justified, even when you think, my goodness, how can this happen to me? I did all of this. You whine and whinge and whine. And by the way, it's true. You were wrongly accused. You're, what happened to you is not justifiable. Or it's just not fair, really. But it's happened. It's happened. You might have a fleeting moment. I mean, you're allowed a fleeting moment of sobriety or, you know, feeling bad. But to dwell in it when it becomes an, an active action of self-pity and you begin to wallow in it, my dear friend, let's ditch that 2020. There's a lot to do in the coming year. Self-pity does not serve you. It, it's, it's a time waster. And it just makes you withdrawing to some self-righteous cocoon so let's ditch self-pity and move on one way to do that is if you judge your mistakes or judge those situations with some sort of detachment a lack of emotion and you strip it and you see where the mistakes were made and that's when that's the only time you can now get the lessons that are inherent in those situations or circumstances that made you begin to pity yourself so when you strip them and you can say, oh dear, this is what happened, this is what went wrong. I made the wrong choice. I got involved in the wrong relationship. I trusted the wrong person. Or I shouldn't have done ABCD. I could have done it this way or that way. It's my fault for not doing ABCD or it's their fault. Whatever, just strip it in a very unemotional manner. Then rebuild it, recreate it in a positive way that works. That way you just drop self-pity and you move on. Hmm. Are you still with me? I hope you're still with me because we're just starting. Something else to ditch is procrastination. That is a killer of dreams. It's a killer of dreams. You delay and delay and delay and you're just waiting. Wait, I don't know what you're waiting, waiting for the right time. Waiting for a light bulb from heaven to drop into your head. You're just waiting for some sort of inspiration that's just not going to come unless you create it. When I started writing, uh, I fooled myself a lot then. I said to myself that I'm just going to wait for that thing to come upon me. Ah, then I run to my, my, my computer and just start typing. The truth is, hmm, we have the mind of Christ. So we are always inspired. It doesn't just come and go. 
like some light bulb that switches on and off like Nigeria's power supply no it's always there you can stir it up remember what the Bible says stir up that gift stir it up, stir up the love that stir it up you can actually do things to stir it up you speak the word of God to yourself you do um, affirmations to yourself you just stir it up and the inspiration will come for whatever task it is you have to do so let's just drop and ditch it for good do not procrastinate the longer you put off things that law has been it's as, it's as old as time the longer you put off things you know you ought to do the higher the chance that you will never get around to doing those things and that's the truth you keep on finding more and more excuses until you never do it and the next day someone has done it you'll be like oh my god that was my idea that's a very painful thing it's a very very painful thing for me particularly i find it really really painful and exhausting because i know i could have done it and i could have probably possibly done it better so let's ditch, ditch procrastination and i tell you one thing the more you put off doing things you know you could do or should do you're gradually eroding your self-esteem because you see you're self-sabotaging you're telling yourself i can't really do this thing it's not laziness don't say oh i'm just being lazy no you are lacking confidence you are stripping yourself of self-esteem that is so needed in today's world that's exactly what you're doing so we will ditch procrastination right we will also ditch distractions in the form of competition that is so unnecessary or let's say no no i'm going to rephrase that competition can actually be a healthy thing let's say comparisons that's that's more like it you're comparing yourself to the next person who has a different story which is why i say to you write your story by yourself write your story deliberately so that you put in all the elements of what you can do based on the gifts and talents that god has given you that way you're still comparing yourself with the next person because you'll be distracted and disillusioned while that person you're comparing yourself with is walking in their own expertise in their own giftings and cannot do half the things you can do you're busy comparing yourself with them that's so wasteful and you won't get far you'll just be discouraged so i say let's ditch that comparison face your own journey it's so important to dig deeply see who you are what you're made of seek the face of god and begin to write your own story nobody can be a better you there is nobody born with your same dna who can be a better version of you nobody is even born with the same DNA in the first place or even fingerprints so why would you think you do the same thing with them it's so serious that even if we are talking about the same subject now i'm sure everybody is writing a podcast or a video or a write-up about goal setting but the way Ebere Njoku is saying it today is not the same way the next person will say it. So why on earth would I compare myself with them? We have different perspectives. We each and every one of us have our own uniqueness. And that's the one thing, one of the things that you ought to embrace in the coming year, your own uniqueness. Take steps to discover who God has made you. Explore it. Manifest it. Own it. That way, you'll avoid distractions of comparisons it's also very distracting there's so much if you're comparing yourself you can't face your lane if you look at look at athletes when they're running maybe you track track people when they're running if you spend your time looking at who's behind you who's beside you you won't even get ahead you'll be flustered that everyone overtakes you 
because you're so busy looking behind you, looking beside you, looking in front. You're just distracting yourself. So everybody you face their lane. Come 2020. Right. So those are some elements I think we should um, ditch in this year that's about to end in a couple of hours, at least in this zone. Okay. Now, when you're looking back at the year as well, when you're looking at your, you know, how you fared, there's one thing you have to take into consideration, both in the past and in the present. When you want to write your story, you have to look at the fact that there are seasons and times for all of us. Seasons and times. The Bible speaks about seasons and times. They will come and they will go. So you have to be aware of your own season. What is the Lord speaking to me at this time? At this time? At this season? You have to be absolutely sure. Gain maximum clarity that this is the season for me to learn. A season for me to withdraw and learn and imbibe. Or a season for me to fly and share and, you know, manifest publicly. There are always seasons. So you can't fight those seasons. There's always a season and a set time. So bearing that in mind, it's important that you seek the face of God to guide you. The Holy Spirit will guide us. We must ask that the Holy Spirit guide us in the year 2020. Now, those are some of the things I think that we should um, ditch. Things I think we should absolutely, absolutely embrace when writing our story going forward for 2020 are one I really think that it's time to embrace contentment contentment yes the Bible also says that godliness with with contentment is great gain you have to be content in that which God has given to you now being content does not mean become complacent no contentment is you know not being covetous about everything that passes. I have to have this, I have to do this. Which is why central message of this entire podcast is know what it is. Know yourself and write your own story and focus on it and face it so that you will learn contentment. Because when you achieve that which is in your story, you're content and your faith grows and your confidence builds. So let's embrace contentment and gratitude. Let's be grateful. There's so much to be grateful for. I tell you, if I, ch- I challenge you now to get a paper and pen and write down all the things that could have happened that didn't. That could have happened. Remember them. That near miss on the road in traffic. Where somebody went and they robbed them, but you went there the day before and you were not robbed. Where someone's child was stabbed, but yours was there throughout. Nothing happened. Where you heard your friend had nothing, no food to eat for a week, but you ate throughout that week. Little things, big things. When you think about them consciously, or even write them down, then your gratitude will explode. Especially when you realize that it's not through anything you did. It's the grace of God. Your gratitude will explode when you realize that it's not through any thing you possess or anything any way you're better than the next person it's just the grace of god they will learn gratitude in the coming year let's let's embrace gratitude this is a spirit let's embrace that spirit where we are grateful for every single thing we do or have gratitude 
let's also embrace, embrace, sorry, embrace uh, happiness. And it will amaze you to know that happiness is a deliberate action. It can, it can be a choice. It sounds ridiculous, but you can choose to be happy. How? Reverse thinking. Choose not to be sad. No matter what life throws at you, and life will throw things at you, there is no utopia, not for now. Life will throw curves at you that will shock you. You can make a deliberate choice to respond with happiness. Happiness doesn't mean you're laughing like a wild jackass. No, 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 no. Happiness just means a state of being where you're content. You're not particularly ruffled, and you're trusting God and able to see joy in other things at that moment when things seem so gloomy. Example, let's say you lose um, somebody very close to you. Of course it's sad. Of course you're going to sorrow and be, and be, and be miserable, but you're not going to wallow in it. You can tell yourself, Lord, but I've still got this friend. I've still got my husband or my wife. I've still got my children. So I thank you. You see, you're combining, that's a deliberate attempt, an intentional action to be happy, even amidst sorrow. So let's embrace happiness. You can do that in so many ways. When things come at you, you've lost your business, for instance, or you lose money, you can say, but I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm still alive. I can, I can go on. I can go on. And I can go on even stronger. Let's embrace happiness. It's so important. Now, this is a personal one for me. I'm trying to become a bit more minimalist. Maybe not 100% to make it a cult thing, but I think minimalism is needed in the world of over-consumerism and too much too much materialism there's just too much going on you know I, I, well I don't know it, like I said this is a very personal one for me people you see people uh, open their closets and they have like 4,000 pairs of shoes I think uh, quite frankly it, it kind of like solves my psyche a bit because I think it's ridiculous now again I'll say over and over it's a personal thing for me but I think as a collective we should try to embrace a bit more minimalism what do we need and of course, in line with climate change, <laughs> you know, what do we need? What do, what are you doing with the things that you don't need? Why are you amassing all these things? Where are you taking them to? Especially as a Christian, when you know that some people are without. Why are you amassing all the things that you never use? And I'm speaking to myself. I'm not one for flamboyant dressing, but every once in a while I shop. At the end of the year, there are so many things I've not even worn once. And I tell myself, you didn't need it. It's obvious you didn't need it. Yeah. So embracing minimalism, I think, is something you want to look at come 2020. It could be in any area of your life where you have excesses. So by cutting cutting off so many excesses, you know, um, some, of, some of us have like 10 cars, 13 cars, 15, 18 cars. In one house, and we have like five houses across the across Lagos, and another maybe three houses in the east or in the, in the west, and maybe four more houses in Abuja. And each each of the our garages have like a minimum of five cars. My goodness, my goodness. I don't care how rich you are; it is excessive. So, in my definition of minimalism, I think cutting off our excesses will do us good come 2020. Right. So, I also think that we should be more intentional in our personal development because if you don't grow as an individual you'll find that you're going to make so many mistakes do all you can invest in it invest in your personal development 
through the word of God, using the word of God as your framework. Grow, grow. Anything that's not growing is dying. I that's, that's not a thing. If you're not growing as a person, you're actually taking steps to reverse. And let's try to avoid all these freebies. There's so many freebies. Anybody giving you anything free is not putting in their best. Nothing is free. Even salvation came at the highest cost. And if you want to get anything from anybody, there has to be some sort of exchange. Some sort of exchange. If you want to buy something in the market, you give money and you get the product. So when they say free this, free that, believe you me, I'm in the business. When they say free this, free that, you can hardly give your best because you already feel short-changed. So you give a bit. And on the part of the person who's receiving the free gift, you are not investing in yourself, not really. And you can never really 100% appreciate that free thing. It's just a law of nature, it's a law of humanity. But if you spend money on it and you invest in yourself, you would appreciate it. You will guard it jealously and you will take every step to implement what you have learned. So in your, your quest for personal development, try to run away from free things. It's, um, it's, it's worn now. It's, it's tired. All right? Invest in yourself. Make an effort. And there's no limit to how much you can invest in yourself to grow. I tell you the difference between it's been like day and night. It's that much. It's that I can never, I can't even overemphasize this. That you take steps to grow. Read books. Explore your, your own writing. Remember, this podcast is about you writing your story. So you can write in chapter three that I'm going to do all I can and invest as much money as I can in my personal development. Right? Because you want to grow. So that's one thing I will harp on for next year. If you haven't started, please call me at the end of this talk. Let us have a discussion, a conversation. Invest in your personal development. Run away from freebies. Run away. If someone says, pay me for my services, pay me for a coaching, please pay. Please pay. Do the exchange. Right. Something else I think we should um, embrace for next year is a growth mindset a growth mindset believe it see growth you know see growth see growth don't see uh negativity a growth mindset is a positive mindset this can be better i can be better i can do more i can push myself this situation can be improved on this situation can continue we can do this we can accomplish this as an individual as a group it's a growth mindset you're not giving up before time. You're not throwing in the towel. Your mindset is programmed for positivity. And you grow. So where, where, when you come in, everywhere that's, that's just lights up, you come in with light. Because your mind is full of light. You're not the one who hits their hands. I don't know. I don't know. This country itself. Wow. But in this same country, people are doing great things in the same country. And I listen, I know, I'm, not, I'm not in some fool's paradise. I know things are difficult. Things are difficult for everybody and everywhere, worldwide. The difference is what is your belief? What is your story? What do you believe that you can accomplish? Write it down. That's how to plan your year. That's how to have a successful 2020. Then how do you measure your success? I said earlier at the beginning of this podcast that success is measured by the integrity of your work with Jesus Christ. 
the integrity of your walk with him, how nearer to him you have drawn, how much of his word you obey, how much of his word you, you share, how much of the talents and skills he's given to you that you actually put into practice and use and multiply and bless people with. That is success. Everything else is, you know, just components. Components. So write your story. Write your story. And write a wonderful story for 2020. Write a positive story for 2020. Write a story that's so big that it will shake you and believe that you can do it. Embrace a growth mindset. Learn the art of gratitude. Be content in all that you... You know, all the circumstances be content. Know that God has got you. Because remember, the story has its roots from the word of God. So you believe that he wishes you in all things, above all things. He wishes you good. He wishes you good. His thoughts for you are thoughts of good and not of evil. To bring you to an expected end. God is awesome. He's awesome. And we know for a fact that his word does not change. If his word doesn't change, why are we not believing it? Why are we now believing a lie? Why does society take to us what we should or should not believe? So write your story with confidence. Write your story with power. Write your story with an assurance that is unshakable. Write it, believe it, make the right choices, right? But to develop your plot, fill in the chapters with the right choices. Determine to carry them out. Determine to be that person that God has decided that you'll be or has declared you to be. Make choices that align with his word such that you come out shining. That's what you should do for 2020. That's how to set goals for 2020. That's what to do. That's how to tell your story. And I wish you a wonderful year ahead. Remember, your mindset is key. Remember, if there's one shift you're going to have in 2020, is a shift in your belief system. What do you believe about yourself? What choices will you make to write your story or to bring your story to life? 2019 is just about to go away. Let it go. Even if you achieve all your goals, there's so much more out there. There's so much more out there. Remember, we are called to be the light of the world. Never forget. And until then, I'll see you again. And I hope you enjoyed this talk. If you have any questions, send it to me. I will happily answer. And I'm going to be with you rejoicing at the end of 2019 as we just walls problems and all into 2020 for a glorious year. Thank you. It has been Ebere and Joko. Talk with Ebere. Bye-bye. Happy New Year in advance. I love you.